Namaste. Thank you so much for joining the Talk Wellness podcast filled with conversations that fuel your well-being. My name is Anjan. I'm a practical yogi. I'm a meditation guide and relaxation coach. I use ancient concepts from tantra and yoga and zen to help people find meaning in their lives by exploring different aspects of well-being. On this episode, I'm featuring nutritionists who are giving you some practical tips for the holy month of Ramadan. Now whether you're fasting for Ramadan or you're not, it doesn't matter because these tips will help you understand concepts of fasting, intermittent fasting and dieting. Enjoy. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk wellness with Anjan. A weight loss specialist and a certified nutritionist. She's helped more than 250 people with fitness and other issues. She served multiple clients globally for weight loss, eating disorders, weight management, and generic fitness and workout plans. She's also uh completed her course in health and fitness. She's also hosted her own healthy cooking show, and she believes that the source of your food and its pairing is key when it comes to healthy eating and living a powerhouse of inspiration her ideal goal is to make the world a healthier place she does so by hosting workshops seminars she runs fitness challenges and she speaks at panel sessions on nutrition fitness wellness and health awareness on talk wellness we have this nutrition expert tasneem fatima nawab thank you so much for joining us thank you so much Today I've chosen such an amazing topic because we know Ramadan is coming in and it's your aim to help people to eat right during Ramadan. Yes, I think it's really important and Ramadan is like the perfect time of the year to be able to do that and it really makes me unhappy to see people not utilizing it to the maximum potential. So, yeah, this this is great. I'm I'm very glad that I'm, you know, being able to do this and reaching out to each and every one of you to actually help have the healthiest and the and the most effective Ramadan possible. Of course, you're going to be fasting too. I will. Yes. Yes. And have you fasted all your life? I have. Yes. So is it something you already are used to or is it something every single Ramadan the first few days are still tough? No, the first few days are still tough. Definitely. Even though you've done it all your life. Even though I've done it all my life. Um this is something I feel like we're able to talk about more now and that's because the whole concept of intermittent fasting has come in. And that is what has sort of opened the world up regardless of Ramadan or not to the idea and the concept of fasting and that is what I I think is um is very appreciative of the whole concept in general the concept of intermittent fasting actually is 6000 years old because in the yogic text it's very clearly said that you need to have a 8 to 12 hour gap between your meals which means you end up having only one or two meals every day yeah and and that's great that you mentioned that because i follow this rule strictly and every single person regardless of what their body type is what their conditions may be they need to follow this and that is the first tip of the day keep a break of between 12 and 13, 14 hours ideally 13 hours between your dinner and your breakfast of course of yes. course and but not between necessarily breakfast and your second meal for the day no okay great so why have we chosen this topic today about eating mindfully during ramadan and about how you can actually get rid of the nutritionist learning to eat as per your body when it comes to ramadan i have seen way too many people just not eating right and it sort of becomes more of a festival than what it's meant to be which is a detox month altogether now like you were mentioning 
I have yes been fasting all my life and it still hits me in the beginning and that is just your body detoxing that is just your body uh, you know letting go of all the toxins and cleansing itself and although all year round I do multiple cleanses um we're going to talk about more in detail about how to do that through uh, dur- during the year throughout the year um but even then Ramadan it's I believe that there's also the spiritual angle to it but with generally all year round we might not be focusing on the spiritual side of things and just like pure fasting and we're just you know like waiting to eat Ramadan it's different there's more patience with it there's more mindfulness with it and that's the whole concept of fasting generally so that is what we want to continue throughout the year Fantastic what would you like to get started with Ramadan being a month of reflection really and people generally tend to overdo their spiritual reflection which is great do it but why are we forgetting about the physical reflection during ramadan and i think that is the most important thing to have that balance people generally tend to struggle with um, detoxing it's very easy throughout the year but it's more intensive during ramadan because now you have that different state of mind and that is what we're looking for Today I'll continue speaking about food timing, um a strong mindset and just the spiritual soul of giving during the entire month. And there's nothing more than this to really a healthy lifestyle. So it's just discipline when it comes to food timing, when it comes to a strong mindset and when it comes to the spirit of giving. 100%. So um let's start off with talking about the insulin cycle. So food pairing, food timing, these things are all linked to the insulin cycle. This example is your body can only store um energy as fats there's no other way and your room is your fat cell now imagine the room you're sitting in that is your fat cell and everything that comes in it is purely fat and that is the only way your body is storing it insulin is the doorkeeper for that room so every time your fat cells or your storage cells of your body need to be opened it needs to be done via insulin and every time you eat insulin is being triggered. That's right. Now there's this one thing called the GI index which is the glycemic index of foods. That essentially means that anything um you eat has a certain limit of being able to trigger your insulin. So let's say for example bananas they trigger your insulin a lot more. Let's say for example walnuts and almonds they trigger your insulin a lot lesser. Let's say you're paying the doorkeeper to keep the door open and that is your insulin. So the more you pay the longer the door stays open the lesser you pay the lesser it stays open and that is the concept of insulin so when you eat foods that are that that are high in the gi index high in the gi value which means that the door is open for longer it also means that fat is able to flow in or out of the cell for longer that is the reason why bananas are so controversial because people are like is is it a good fruit for weight loss if i'm on a diet i also i don't believe in a diet because it's just a generic lifestyle it's not a goal you're not doing this for a short period of time and again going back to bananas uh some people you know debate that is it a good thing to be doing because i'm trying to lose weight and apparently they're very fatty That's right because we also know that the effect of the glycemic load which is the GL and other insulin like growth factors concentration creates even other chronic diseases including arteriosclerosis and uh, other heart diseases and blood pressure so it's always advised to have a low glycemic load and i think fasting supports that Yes yes definitely you really summarize it very well bananas are are that you know that that food that are controversial and then at times there are people going like okay we're not, we're not 
not going to eat bananas if we're on a diet and then there are people that are like oh it's the best um, pre-workout is pre-workout. banana a low glycemic food no it is a very high it's got a very high uh, gi value however what that does is that it opens your cell for a much longer time so in fact the amount of sugars that are in a banana are the same amount in a slice of chocolate cake that's right because chocolate cake is complex carbohydrates and banana is simple carbohydrate correct and the sugar structure changes as well and that is another factor that your body is is considering when it's trying to break down the sugar so it's not about what you're eating in terms of the calories or the item itself but it's how it interacts with the body how it changes uh, the structure that is of the food itself but we know that foods that have high glycemic index can lead to powerful spikes in the blood sugar and this can result in an increased risk of diabetes of you know high blood pressure heart disease overweight so there is a link between high glycemic diets to age related degeneration and today because we're all in the wellness industry and we want to help people with not just lifespan but also health span and healthy longevity i think it's important to point out you shouldn't be eating too many high glycemic index foods yes definitely definitely so the the right time and the right food pairing is most important so let's say i do eat a banana but if i go work out after that that's completely fine because now the cell is open and the fat can flow outwards so in fact if anything it's making it easier for you to lose that fat that's however right. if i'm eating it and i'm pairing it with chocolate cake you know then and and i'm sleeping right after that a big no so i think it depends on food timing and pairing even if you're not fasting during ramadan the tips that she's giving is for you to have a general understanding of what it is to eat right am correct. i right correct yes it's a generic it's not something that has to go with fasting if your fasting is just a top up but these are generic tips that you apply during really all all year round talk wellness with anjan So alkalinity this is one of the big topics that have been around in in you know the nutrition space and generally people have been talking about alkalinity you you look at um, stores and they have alkaline water everywhere now what is it let's let's understand what alkalinity is it's basically the buffering capacity of water to the body correct correct very very again well put um now the body typically is at a 7.35 ph which is your blood neutral alkalinity correct correct it's slightly alka- slightly alkaline but it's really towards the neutral side of things now when we talk about our lifestyle since specifically since you know we're we're in cities where uh pollution we have a lot of stress we have a lot of all of these things happening and a lot of the food we're eating is not necessarily 100% pure and organic and the way it should be all of that contributes more towards acidity in your body and that's why we need to have a slightly more alkaline diet to be able to offset that now let's understand alkalinity for all of us that have been to school a very long time ago the scale goes from 1 to 14 and that is zero or well, one being acidic and 14 being really alkaline ph 7 in the middle is perfect now the ph of our blood is 7.5 not right. necessarily the organs it's beautiful how each organ has its own alkalinity absolutely its own level of acidity or alkalinity and the stomach typically is more acidic because of the biles and because of all of that That's you know right. the juices flowing so in general alkalinity is a measurement of these dissolved alkaline substances in water and it tells us the water's ability to neutralize acid or acidity 
Yes, yes. Considering food, like what you've just said, food, once it's been dissolved into our body, it needs to have an effect on the blood of being alkaline. How does alkalinity and acidity even make sense to us? Uh, why is it relevant? And it's relevant because of the inflammation acidity causes in the body. And that is really the base of... It's, it's a breeding ground for illnesses, multiple illnesses. That's right. There's so many scientists and books now being written how even cancer is caused in an acidic environment in the body. Correct. And that's why alkalinity, especially with your food and water, is recommended to avoid really serious gut issues and the growth of cells like cancerous cells. Correct, correct, yes. Um, the, even something as major as cancer, yes, has been linked to acidity in the body. Being it's spoken, in fact called metabolic acidosis. Yes, yes. We all know the connection between food and mood. And during Ramadan time, this is even more important. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yes, definitely. In fact, let's talk about spicy food. A lot of people love spicy food during Ramadan, and I am not sure that's the best idea. Yes, a little bit spicy food is good because it is releasing endorphins. So that is a ho happy hormone. It's going to make you happy. But if you overdo it, it's going to end up making you feel very bloated and, and very acidic. So make sure the spicy food is balanced. Now, when we talk about things like yogurt and beans, eggs, uh, low-fat lean meats, uh, almonds, nuts generally, all of these are linked to releasing dopamine in the body. In fact, this is all a very new study. So it was only until 2009 that people recognized the fact that nutritional psychiatry is a real thing and there have not been more than 45 studies proving this so I think it's important for us to start looking into that because something we're doing on a daily basis multiple times a day is affecting your mood and that is where I guess uh, we're getting all irritable from right so you want to keep your meats low there is a lot of acidic environment that, that it creates in the body. Typically, they come from um, milk is in fact the largest source. Um, milk is a little uh, tricky though because we have a lot of issues with milk and the way it's produced these days. So unless you can find yourself a farm where you're getting super organic milk, that's perfectly fine. Otherwise, um, no. Other than that, we have tuna, we have turkey, we have oats, we have cheeses. Uh, I love cheese. We have nuts. We have all of these things that lead to an increase in serotonin which is uh, when you're spending time in nature when you've had a good night's sleep so it's really important on top of that we have foods that are probiotics and those actually believe it or not influence in the overall hormonal and mood uh, influence in your body. But not for everybody because according to the Ayurvedic practice if you're high on kapha dosha for example you're not recommended fermented food and probiotic food. Most of it is like kimchi and sauerkraut is all fermented food. In fact even kombucha is not recommended. Yes, yes. So th that is the beauty of nutrition that every single body is so different, it's so unique, is going through its own processes that there's really never a generic a solution that you can just sort of slap onto everything. That's right. So remember that whatever we are saying is not a generic solution. You still have to consult a nutritionist. But you can use our tips in general to eat better during Ramadan. Yes. Um, one of the things I would actually recommend is switching to green tea during Ramadan over black tea or, or coffee. coffee. Yes, because and even in fact, if you are a caffeine person, switch to matcha, which is a type of green tea rather than having black coffee because it's making you less irritable. Uh, it's The green tea helps to release uh, dopamine, serotonin. So they're all happy hormones that, that in line with the whole, you know, concept of the month of being happy, of being giving, of being calm and relaxed. And we want to continue this into the rest of the year. Then. And though the 
ancients have been constantly saying that what you eat makes who you are like tasneem was saying today science is catching up and there's a new field called nutritional psychology and science is today proving that your emotions your feelings your motives your values even your life experience and your culture is dictated by the role nutrition plays in your life and so nutrition science now tells us that what you eat plays a huge role in your mental health and we want overall well-being for you yes and specifically when it comes to meat because a lot of people overdo meat it's high meat diet is linked to uh, directly linked to aggression so what it does effectively is that it reduces the capacity of of omega 3 fatty acids which are one of the one of the leading causes of depression and irritability so if you are eating too much meat uh, that is because the omega 3 fatty acids are not being absorbed correctly in your body which is meaning that you are more likely to face things like depression irritability anger um so really it's in your food now the lack of omega 3 in vegan diet many scientists are also saying it's a myth they're saying that this does exist in many vegetables and legumes especially mushrooms yes. so i mean it's it's still debatable uh, whether you get enough omega 3 or not just being on a vegan and vegetarian diet and that's the biggest detraction people have for people who are vegan saying oh you don't get omega 3 so you need to supplement it yes yes let's get to the important question now people are always asking what do i eat at iftar Mm-hmm. how do i eat at iftar yeah. and then how do i eat right at suhoor which is when they the last meal before sunrise okay so um there are definitely generic tips i can give but besides that there's also this concept of intuitive eating which i am a big believer of you are eating based on what you're feeling you're eating based on what your body is telling you but that only happens once you have you've sort of reset your body is in balance because if your body is not in balance then you know um it is going to be asking it's going to be craving for sugars uh for processed foods but if you are reset which is the whole point of ramadan so at the end of the uh, end of the month of fasting uh regardless of if you have fasted or not i want everyone to recognize that their body is giving them the best of feedback and then you just got to listen to that feedback beautiful i like the way you mentioned intuitive eating because this is the essence of the yogic eating system we only eat when we're hungry and we train how to listen to the body to figure out are we thirsty do we need some more sugar now maybe we need a bit more vitamins now and the more you can listen to the body you're increasing your awareness of your own self yes and that that comes back to the fact that everybody is unique and that's why taking one nutritionist um and and you know just sticking with a plan specifically does not necessarily work for everyone because everybody is different so yes now that we covered intuitive eating let's give some generic tips on what to eat at iftar which is when you break the fast mm-hmm. then at suhoor which is when you eat the last meal for the day uh suhoor you want to make sure you're not having anything oily definitely not having anything fried um and you want to have something that is high in in hydration so what happens is that you can instead of drinking a lot of water because the water is going to be gone before you know it you're probably going to be gone to the bathroom and that that's that right but when you're eating foods that are rich in hydration rich in water content what's happening is it's slowing down the process of the water release in the body and that is what you're looking to do so i personally think more than the act the soul solid nutritional angle you need to focus on the hydration so let's talk about foods like um tomatoes cucumbers grapefruit melons watermelon grape all of these things are very high in hydration okay, so that's suhoor now let's get to iftar okay 
So iftar, you want to have high protein and high clean carbs. So things like legumes, um, try to keep your meat low, but if you must, uh, you know, meat sources. Other than that, you want to have uh, legumes and chickpeas and uh, lentils, a lot of soups, because when it's in liquid form, it's being absorbed in your body much quicker. So that is going to give you that energy at the end of the fast. You want to also have a lot of fruit. Uh, you want to have um, clean carbs. So clean carbs would be things like oats, uh, bulgur, uh, wheat, barley. You want to have quinoa. Yeah, really. So so it's it's a balance of everything, but focus on lean protein and clean carbs in iftar. Talk wellness with Anjan. BMR. What is BMR? We've been mentioning this. What is BMR? BMR is your basal metabolic rate. So this is what really tells you how much you're supposed to be eating and what you're supposed to be eating. That's right. So um, let's do a quick calculation. So the five different categories that exist and you are in one of those five categories and where you should be during Ramadan based on where you are right now. So for men and women, it's different. For men, BMR is 10 into weight in kgs plus 6.25 into height in centimeters minus 5 into your age in years Plus five. If you don't remember this, it's okay because you can go online, like she said, and just find free BMR calculators. Yes, you will find BMR calculators. You don't even need to manually do this. Uh, For women, it's 10 into weight in kgs plus 6.25 into height in centimeters minus 5 into age in years minus 161. Now, let's get to the categories. Once you have that, that you multiply with the five categories that you you will be in placed in one of these. You either have a sedentary lifestyle, you have a likely active lifestyle, you have a moderately active lifestyle, a very active or an extremely active lifestyle. Uh, now, based on where you are, you multiply it by a certain number. Again, just refer to Google. You'll find all of that. All, uh, you can find the, the formula up there. For everyone that is in the sedentary zone, you want to move into the moderately active zone. For everyone that is in the extra active zone, you want to move down to the very active zone. So it if and for everyone that is moderately or, or, or very active, you stay there. So basically, you want to stay in either moderately active or very active. The reason being fasting itself is doing a lot of the work for you. So you don't need to push yourself too much. However, if you are sedentary, this is the best time to become active because the fasting is actually helping your body to start metabolizing higher, to become a little more active, to detox, to let go of all the toxins. So this is the perfect time for you to just aid your body and push into a little more activity. However, if you're too active, uh, want to turn it down a little bit because your, your input, your your um, you know what you're eating is not as much as your expenditure then. So That's you right. want to be able to balance So this that. is some very valid advice. It's important for you to really track your daily energy expenditure. And these have three main components. The first component is your resting metabolic rate, which is part of your BMR. It's called RMR. Then the thermic effect of food or the thermic effect of feeding, which is TEF. And finally, the thermic effect of activity, which is TEA. And which is why Tasneem is advising you got to first figure out what your BMR is, your RMR and your BMR, and then decide how do you want to work out during Ramadan. There's no one size fits all. You got to figure out what works for you. 
Correct. Uh, definitely, if you're working out, you have to eat protein. Make sure it's lean protein, so you don't want to have protein that's too fatty. Um, you don't want to have too much red meat either, because that also causes acidity in the body. So, and some people also end up having u- high uric acid because of that. So, you want to limit your red meat to maybe only two or three times during the entire month, and focus on things like chicken and fish and um, plant-based proteins like soya nuggets, chickpeas, chickpeas, lentils. Um, may- Make sure you're not overdoing protein because there is this whole myth where you need to like bulk up and eat a lot of protein. That is very wrong concept. You want to have enough protein that your body needs. Your body doesn't digest more than a certain amount of protein naturally. What ends up happening is that your kidneys are just now being overloaded with protein and and they're working overtime, which is actually becoming worse than than having a normal amount of protein. So if you're an average man and you're working out, you don't need more than 55 or 65. grams of protein per day point Eight grams of protein per kilogram of your body weight. So, if you're working out, of course, you need slightly di- little more protein. But uh, I'm not saying go crazy calculating all the food you're eating. But at the same time, be mindful not to have excessive protein shakes and just go protein chasing just because you're working out. It's not needed. Or two point two grams per one kilogram of body weight. This is what scientists have estimated that protein needs to be in your body for you to develop muscles. Um, you definitely want to understand that the amount of protein is not the same as the weight of the source of protein. That's right. So, like, if you're having chicken, um, it has only 100 grams of chicken has only 30 grams of protein. So that doesn't mean you're eating only, you know, a small piece of chicken because if you're eating more, the amount of protein you're getting from it is actually going to be that much lesser. So make sure you're checking how much protein is in your source. That's right. And remember, there's good protein and bad protein. You should learn about this and. protein is broken down into or more than 20 amino acids so you want good protein that helps you with your metabolism with your body's basic building energy for growth and power and uh, there's an amino acid called tryptophan this also influences your mood uh, it helps the pineal gland and other glands produce melatonin serotonin dopamine adrenaline dmt and so many like symptoms of depression and anxiety and struggle and tension and even your overall cognitive function gets reduced when this tryptophan which is an amino acid which you get from your protein is available in plenty in your body so that's why we always recommend grains beans vegetables and nuts right yes. so these yes. have like complete amino acids and that doesn't mean you have to eat only animal products or not eat animal products but eating a variety of plant based sources of protein each day can ensure that your body gets all the essential amino acids that it needs yes i love i love that so before we let you go can you share some final tips for us i have a lot of tips that are going to be very specific and it's going to be very easy to follow them and there's really no excuse for you to not be fit this ramadan so let's start with the oils because Everyone loves oily food. Uh, however, it's really not the best for you, and that is something you want to try skipping completely. However, if you are tempted once throughout Ramadan, I, I feel like Ramadan is the best time to to really detox. So stick to that. But if you really, really are tempted, um, go for. certain oils and definitely not for certain others and these are not rules for ramadan specifically these are things that everyone should do in a healthy lifestyle all year round so let's talk about the oils olive oil of course is best you want to make sure that you are using pure olive oil and not um uh blended oils so th- there shouldn't be a blend of pomace oil because it is 
the least healthy version of olive oil um and and typically um you know the food industry will do this there will be a lot of blends there will be a lot of all of these things so you need to be able to learn to read your labels as well so don't just pick up things because it says olive oil read the label does it say it's 100% olive oil does it say it's blended with pomace oil uh, is it only 20% uh, virgin olive oil extra virgin and the rest of it is pomace so yeah make sure you're being careful about that stick with oils that are flaxseed oils avocado oils walnut oil sesame oil canola oil all of these are great for you um so you if you want a less expensive option let's say you want to stick with one of these oils um generically seed oils are always healthier than definitely animal fat is something you want to stay away from but seed oils are typically healthier if you're confused and and you know you have a lot of oils on the shelf oil you want to stay away from palm oil do not consume palm oil never never do not touch palm oil it's the cheapest but it's going to cost you a lot more at the doctors eventually in general stay away from vegetable oils is the advice because you want to have a healthy source of unsaturated monounsaturated fat mm-hmm. and if you're going to be cooking in these highly processed oils is actually giving you more harm it's like a chemical bomb in your intestine yes i love i love that word i'm going to can i use that in the future um okay one more advice is do not miss meals and when i say this ramadan is the best time to fix that so again it comes back to discipline you need to eat at the right time at a fixed time your body is really going to help you you're going to see a massive change just stick with it two weeks and you're going to see that change in your body also don't fight cravings so typically people tend to resist cravings a lot don't fight them substitute them with healthier options the with the right options so if you are craving for sweet don't pick up that chocolate bar don't pick up a cupcake or a muffin or a brownie pick up a date have have a banana have um you know have sugary foods in general like like natural sugars uh have a glass of orange juice very high in sugar so that's going to suffice your hunger your your craving uh but at the same time it's not going to have that negative effect on your body also if you are craving you want to give in like i said with something that is healthy with the right kind of foods um and have a nice big glass of water it's a good excuse to get hydrated but it will also give you the feeling of being full and that will avoid you from just picking up anything and and eating something that you're not supposed to be eating and yeah 20 20 minutes 15 minutes the craving will die so don't give in for the feeling of 15 minutes of hunger when it comes to breads breads are a big big part of culture in general globally especially during ramadan especially during ramadan and that is a very uh, gray area to be in so you want to try i usually say when it comes to any sort of carbs there are multiple layers of processing in the carbs so you want to keep it to maximum the third layer of processing so you're either having it super pure um, the way it's on the on the tree basically and then you want to have it one layer processed and worst case second layer processed so there there should not be more than three layers of processing in your carbs um which obviously means there's no cakes there's no biscuits there's no cookies there's no brownies um however you can have multigrain bread if you really must make sure it's grainy so when you look at the bread it needs to look like it's it's uh, textured and that's when you know it's good for you but when it's like very you know uh, pure it's too beautiful to look like it's it's uh, grainy uh, that is when it's not good for you also foods that you can freely enjoy are green leafy vegetables um i've mentioned over and over again tomatoes and cucumbers and radish and soups and um uh, you know uh, buttermilk and yogurt all of these things are great um again making you know sure that you're not intolerant to anything uh generally 
exercise be active be active just because it's ramadan it doesn't mean oh i can't eat i'm really tired i i need to just you know sleep all day don't do that That's be right. active uh keep moving uh it's not an excuse to be lazy it's an excuse to become fitter and that's the whole concept so make sure um you are putting that exercise routine in i typically work out right before iftar i feel that's the best time for me i have a very rich protein iftar after that so it helps me to get lean and get fit tasneem nawab thank you so much for joining us on talk wellness and sharing with us how everyone can eat right during ramadan yes thank you so much i was very very happy being here and being able to really reach out to more and more people that's my goal thank you so much thank you wellness is more than just physical health, physical health. it's your total well-being Find out how to have a healthy balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition and engage the world through learning, problem solving and creativity. Talk, talk wellness with Anjan. It's a Ramadan special edition. Joining us today is a certified nutritionist and entrepreneur Shipra Goyal. She has her own plant-based vegan meal plans and food delivery. She's also a nutritionist and recipe consultant and she strongly believes in the power of eating plants and has made it her mission to bring more awareness to the benefits of leading a plant-based lifestyle. Thank you so much for being on Talk Wellness. Thank you Anjan for having me here. Let's talk about your background. So what made you get into nutrition and what made you decide that you want to help people with their food habits? So during my 20s I used to have a lot of health problems myself. I had complications with digesting food. That's when I started experimenting a lot with um food and nutrition. For for years I had to figure out what works for me and what doesn't. and i also realized that there were a lot of other people in a very similar situation That's where right. they didn't have the answers they had um certain discomforts certain intolerances but they they couldn't pinpoint what the issue was mm. this is when i transitioned into becoming more plant based i'm now vegan 100% vegan mostly gluten free I promote this lifestyle because it has benefited me and um a lot of my clients as well. It's amazing. Now, today we're talking about mindful eating during the holy month of Ramadan. And we know that many people who practice fasting during Ramadan are not necessarily vegan or vegetarian. So, let's talk about why we chosen this topic today. I'm here to share with you some tips that would help you whether you're fasting or not. during Ramadan some eating tips um some tips to keep you energized during the fasting period to just ensure that um you overall feel detoxified and healthy why do you feel mindful eating is so important i do feel that a lot of times we're we're programmed to eat 7 to 9 a.m. Uh, people get up and they're like okay it's time to have breakfast and then maybe 11 o'clock it's time to have a snack or then one between 1:30 and 3 p.m. lunch but actually um there is not so much focus on intuitive eating where people are waiting until they're hungry they're mostly just looking at the time and going like okay now it's time to eat but does your body really need the food at that time So I feel fasting is actually a great time to get this mindfulness back into your into your life. It slows you down. You have more time to think about how you're feeling, how your body's feeling. So I do think it's it's an amazing way to detoxify your body 
during those periods when you're not eating. It can have a positive impact on your mind, on your body, on your soul, where you have time to slow down and and really think about what you're putting into your body. That's right. I'm glad you used the word intuitive eating because in the yogic system we only eat when we're hungry and most of the time it's just twice a day, some days even just once a day depending yes. on my metabolism that day. It's so amazing that many people in the world today are moving from mindless eating to mindful eating. And I call this a consciousness revolution because people are understanding especially after the pandemic that the food they eat really affects their mindset and really affects how they feel and really affects their emotions and the connection between the physiology and the psychology of the human experience is now slowly being accepted and understood not just by people but also by modern science. Yes, absolutely, I agree. I think the more people understand that um I mean if you're not hungry you don't need to eat at meal times. It's not necessary to have a meal. I personally really love this way of eating and um just waiting until you're hungry. Sometimes I wouldn't have lunch because I'm not hungry and that works out perfectly. It's just listening to your body. How does that affect the discipline of eating at a certain time every day because the body's digestive system including the gastric juices and the gut gets used to a certain rhythm, right? If it's aligned with the circadian rhythm, great. But how do you then teach the body when to be hungry? I truly believe that of course a lot of people have um very similar um schedules on a daily basis. So your body will need a similar amount of energy. This can be like a guide for your body. It sort of automates itself. Okay, this is the time that approximately I, um where I will feel hunger. So that's the time that I will eat. Um but I feel that a lot of times there is um th- these timings can be dictated by schedules. For example, if you have a job, then your lunch break is from 12:30 until 1. But perhaps your body doesn't feel hungry that time. uh but because everybody's eating around that time you will eat anyway but is that really beneficial to you i don't think so that's right so construct your life in such a way in remembrance that whatever you're doing no matter what job where you're working whatever you do in life you're doing it so you can have food on your plate and so if you can put food as your priority and mindfully eat and not rush your meal and not you know chomp it down not gulp it down then you truly start living your life in a more mindful way and this is truly a big secret to well-being i 100% agree i think there's a huge benefit of eating mindfully eating slowly taking some time in the day during your meal times to sit down not be distracted by your phone not be distracted by your laptop and actually just focus on what you're eating tasting each bite feeling each bite understanding the signals uh from your body whilst you're eating this food um how it feels and um it will also indicate the type of fullness you have you can start a new journey during this time completely reset your lifestyle especially when it concerns eating you can try to get understand the signals that you have of whether you're hungry or not this would avoid you overeating because a lot of times when we're eating as we're rushed or when we're eating at certain times we just we quickly consume our meals without thinking whether we're hungry or not so these are the benefits of fasting i mean personally for me the best the best thing to take away from it is you are not eating at certain times it changes your rhythm a little bit that shocks your body during the holy month of ramadan people are going to be fasting the entire day so yeah. they're going to break their fast after the iftar call to prayer and then they're going to uh, eat their first meal there what should people consume to have a stable glucose level and energy 
as they're fasting during Ramadan? I would recommend starting the meal with something very light, drinking lots of water because you haven't been drinking water throughout the day. Your body is quite dehydrated and needs a lot of fluids. So I definitely recommend taking in a lot of fluids like um having coconut water if you have access to that, starting off with a small snack such as dates or even soup soup is soup is great to start your meal with because it's not overly filling but at the same time it can nourish your body it's you know you're adding extra f- fluids into your body and then take a small break maybe 10 minutes for it to settle i think 10 minutes is more than enough um for your body to realize that something has now gone in because you have okay. been fasting for a long period of time i would recommend planning your meals ahead uh, of course Uh, there are times when you will be in a gathering or you will go out with friends but um uh, on a regular i would recommend planning your meals in advance just so out of um extreme hunger you don't end up um eating too many sweets or um just grabbing something mindlessly i recommend a combination of complex carbohydrates such as quinoa oats millet um i personally love millet for its nutritional value it's not often talked about but it's one of the most ancient um grains which is naturally gluten free um it's very easy to digest as well i also really like buckwheat so a combination of carbohydrates um such as quinoa oats millet what about rice be- or wheat which is a common staple diet for most people practicing fasting during ramadan yeah so there's nothing wrong with eating rice or wheat for example but um i mean rice i uh, is also great rice is great for digestion it's very easy to digest and um depending on the type of rice you're eating it can be quite light on the stomach wheat it really depends i i recommend um more organic wheat organic versions because the crop has been overused for so many years as it is the most used crop in in most cultures it has been it has been used so much that the quality i feel of of the crop can be questionable interesting um, so along with these com- complex carbohydrates what else do you recommend one fourth of your plate would consist of a complex carbohydrate then one fourth of your plate would consist of a protein source if you if you consume meat then it could be a lean cut of meat um or fish and if you don't consume meat there are many plant-based sources of protein such as lentils chickpeas tempeh which is a type of fermented soybean tofu edamame um there are many many plant-based so- sources of protein which you can have you would want to have some good fats with your meal such as olive oil tahini coconut oil avocado sesame oil you you want to try to um have um pure fats in your body rather than uh the refined ones of course you will need some fiber in your meal so this would be your vegetables um that would give you um some fruits as well if you want to have some some fresh fruit or dried fruit and that would that would be your fiber intake your plate should consist of a combination of all of these That's amazing. We hope you've made a note of that on how you can eat mindfully during the holy month of Ramadan. Talk wellness with Anjan. Let's talk about what people should not eat during the holy month of Ramadan. 
I normally don't like to classify food as good or bad because I think everything should be enjoyed in moderation. Otherwise, it would just stop stop living. And of course, when you're when it's the the holy month of Ramadan, a lot of people have. Um, I mean, they want to enjoy this time with their families. They will be spending iftars together. It's quite a special time for during the day when you're breaking your fast. You want to do it with your loved ones. Oftentimes, people prepare a lot of food to break this fast. Um, you're suddenly sitting in a room with with a lot of food choices, including things that are not necessarily very healthy. Occasionally, they will be eating sugary foods, processed foods, um, packaged foods, um, things out of a packaging. A lot of times, people are in a rush, so they just grab something that's in a so like um, packet noodles, for example, um, because a lot of times these packaged foods are full of preservatives. And I mean, there's just too much salt, too much sugar that uh, that you can't necessarily taste, but it is part of the ingredient that is used to um, to increase the shelf life. And when you eat those things, you can often not get the energy that you're looking for. You will feel you will still feel hungry. It won't it won't fill you up. And then you might end up eating something else unnecessarily. You might end up eating too many calories, uh, more than uh, what your body requires. Because ideally, you wouldn't want to sustain yourself until until the next meal time, or if you're eating in the morning, that you want to make sure that you get. If you're going back to sleep, then you want to make sure that you get regular sleep and it keeps you active throughout the day. So definitely avoid uh, too much sugar. Avoid eating. Um, large amounts of desserts during meal times when you're for example breaking your fast if you're in a gathering don't go for the sweet uh, first try to fill up your plate with with a salad or some fruits if you really feel like having dessert try to have small amounts try to have a spoonful or two instead of making it a large portion of your meal the end goal is definitely to to make sure that you're not feeling tired after your meal. Um, it doesn't put you to sleep. Also, you want to ensure that you have the energy to last you until the morning and then last you throughout your fasting period. And the myth that just because you eat more sugar, you will get more energy. That's not true, right? Let's break that myth. Definitely. Yeah, I don't agree that that's true. Um, so how our body reacts is when you eat something sugary, your, your energy levels go up very quickly. Um, this is what happens. It gives you like a rush. A glucogen spike. Yes. And then it crashes. Um, so this this intense fluctuation in your body is not what you're looking for because um, it will give you a huge rise and then a huge dip and not make you feel very good. Um, so even if you're going to eat something sweet, try to go for um, things like dates, fruits, foods with a lower glycemic index. So use coconut sugar instead of uh, regular white sugar, which is refined. Coconut sugar has a much lower glycemic index compared to white sugar. It's almost half. So then the release of blood sugar, it's it's more gradual and um, you don't you won't have a crash. A lot of people want to know, actually, what can I eat after working out? Because I think their life schedules are going to get changed in the month of Ramadan. A lot of people end up working out late at night. Uh, they need to, of course, eat something when they break their fast as well. If you're if you're breaking your fast, let's say around 7 p.m., I would recommend not having a very large meal. You will feel a little bit tired to work out at night. 
with a very full stomach, it is always recommended not to go go and run, for example, because then you'll be quite heavy and not as energetic. So I would recommend either breaking your meal, meals into two or having a smaller meal when you break your fast and then you have another meal after you work out. You don't need to have a large meal after you work out, but you might just want to have something small to replenish your energy after the workout is complete. And um, especially in this one month of Ramadan, your lifestyle is going to change. So the important thing is to know that after Ramadan also, you should sustain eating mindfully. Yes, absolutely. I think this could be a really great way to think about how you can reset your diet, how you can start eating more mindfully, intuitively, and just paying attention to when you're actually hungry and um, planning your meals. That's right. Meal planning, where you can track your macros, you can track your nutrients. And I think Ramadan is a great time for you to start planning your meals. So you know exactly, especially if you're working out, what you're going to eat after your workout. Yes, as, you, as some of you might have um, shorter working hours, if you do have shorter working hours, then it gives you more time to do the meal prep. Or you can always uh, sign up to a meal plan that would take this off your schedule. They will just provide the meals for you. But if you do have the time, I, I always recommend people to understand what they're eating um, to what they're putting in their body. So it becomes a long term habit. Here's a big cultural question. You know, families gather together and then they eat and they eat and eat when they break their fast. How does one approach this mindfully? Eating mindfully doesn't mean that you have to let go of the cultural, you know, these important moments during Ramadan, which are just so much part of your life and they're so important to you and your family. You can, of course, be part of um, these gatherings. Um, again, you just need to fill in your plate mindfully. For example, if there are samosas, which are a common Ramadan a food to have uh, when you're breaking your fast, I mean, your entire plate shouldn't consist of samosas then you need to also have some protein, you need to have some complex carbs. Instead of putting a lot of oil in the biryani, you can you can think about adding more vegetables in it. There's also there's also forms of um, you know ways of cooking and um, you can make small changes. It doesn't have to be an entire lifestyle change that change at once, but just making small changes every day uh, would really help you. Talk wellness with Anjan. Now I want to talk about how to stay hydrated during um, fasting hours. Um, as you will be fasting for long periods um, and not drinking water um, throughout the day, um, when you do break your fast, you will be very um, dehydrated. So even if you don't feel dehydrated at the time, your body needs the fluids. So it's good to try and drink um, during the time, during your eating window, try to drink as much water as possible, up to three liters if you can. Um, especially if you're working out, then you're going to be losing more fluids. So it's good to replenish that. So you might want to drink more water. Try to include coconut water if you can. If you're going to be in gatherings, you can also have some tea. So as many liquids as you possibly can, just try to anything that's that's um, liquid is going to help to keep you hydrated. Okay. Fruits are also great. Instead of eating dessert, if you try to eat fruits instead and lots of vegetables like cucumbers, they're very high in in water. Melons, watermelon. Melons, yeah, watermelons are great. They are just uh, they consist of um, a lot of water. 
Also try to limit your caffeine intake because that dehydrates your body. Right. If you drink less coffee or caffeinated uh, drinks, um, that will help you. Plus, coffee is a diuretic, which means um, its half-life is six hours, which means it stays in your body for 12 hours. So when you're breaking your fast, if you're going to have coffee, remember that for the next 12 hours, you're not going to be able to sleep. Coupled with the fact that you'll be fasting for longer hours, it's good to try to watch your caffeine intake a little bit more during this month. Um, it will keep you more energized and um, stable energy levels. And now... What do you need to be mindful of when you're breaking your fast? It's not that you should completely avoid um, eating fried snacks or eating dessert, but it's good to reduce your intake. I think once you're mindful of what, what you need to eat, it will be easier for you to limit the amount of unhealthy options on your plate. It's just the principle that everything should be consumed in moderation. That's so, right. Balance um, is key. If you try to restrict foods during these gatherings, then you will feel a little bit left out and it's probably not going to make you feel great whilst everybody else is enjoying cake and you're not eating any of it because you're on the special diet. That's right, but, but if, don't make it a daily habit. Yes, just don't make it a daily habit or if you really want to have some, some sweets, just have a spoonful or, or a small bite to make you feel that you've had some of it. That's you've right. You don't have it. to eat the entire cake. Yeah. That's what people often confuse confuse this with. It's not complete restriction. It's moderation. Because at times when you are when you haven't eaten for such a long window, your cues from your body, they're probably not, uh, the signals might not be 100% accurate. That's right. You don't know how hungry you are or how much food you really need. Especially in the beginning when you're trying to get used to this new way of eating, after, I mean, if you've been fasting every year, this it happens every year. And so you, in the first days, your body's getting used to this new way, new habit. That's right. And remember that with fasting also, there's many biological changes. They did this study with animals and they found out that the expression of immunoglobulin, which is the intestinal mucosa, had increased after these animals were fasting. So even... In your body, there's going to be this natural macrophage activity, which is going to create um, a certain type of behavior within your cells and during fasting. So just keep mindful of this and that you've got to eat the right foods and in the right quantities so that you can really nullify the effects it has on your immune system and expand your wellness. Yeah, this is a perfect opportunity for you to reset um, your body and try to learn a new way of eating. If you haven't already been following um, a healthy way of eating, this might be an opportunity to try something different and try to try to um, learn a new way of um, eating healthy. Before we let you go, let's talk about movement or workout and what you recommend, including what they should eat after working out. I recommend uh, keeping it lighter during this month um, because um, if you are generally used to doing heavy workouts, I would recommend slowing it down a little bit during this month. You don't have the same routine as before. Con considering the meal times that you have now, your energy levels will be slightly different. As you're exercising, also remember, don't fill your stomach up too much in the morning. Don't buy unnecessary junk food. And like Shipra said, everything 
everything in moderation is the key. Have a balanced meal in the evening full of the different nutrients that she spoke about and try to incorporate activity into your daily routine. Like maybe you can walk to the mosque instead of driving up there. And this itself will give you enough metabolic activity to digest the heavy iftar that you perhaps just had. Yeah, it's great too. It's great to take a walk after meal times. It uh, helps you to digest the food faster. Remember there's going to be a significant change in your aerobic capacity. Like she said keep your exercise light as high intensity efforts might cause you certain kind of tiredness and you don't want that. Yeah, you might feel um you might feel if you do a heavy workout you might feel really energized during that time but you might crash a little bit afterwards. So you want to try and avoid that because considering you will not be eating or drinking for um a large window throughout the day you want to make sure that you're still able to uh, if you have to go to work you're still able to work and you still have the energy for your daily tasks shipra goel certified nutritionist chef and entrepreneur thank you so much for being with us on talk wellness and sharing these amazing tips for mindful eating during the holy month of ramadan thank you anjan it was a pleasure being here again wellness is more than just physical health It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk wellness with Anjan. I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode and I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only and you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours always consult your own doctor therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes and we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends your family your circles and talk about it that's why we call this series talk wellness we need your support to get the conversation around well-being to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube and also please leave a review. This will help us grow. Thank you once again for your listening and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste.